sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Friday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here to end out this week. The middle of July with the Midsummer Classic in Major League Baseball. The All-Star break at the conclusion of these final weekends series all around the bigs we will set up everything you need to know a jam-packed two hours chock full of major league baseball coverage with some football on this friday as well and a huge night in las vegas for the number one overall pick in the 2023 nba draft victor Wembanyama makes his association debut in summer league with the san antonio spurs and in Interesting story out of Viva Las Vegas, Sin City, indeed, including Wemby that will detail to start off our second hour. But we begin with Major League Baseball ending out the weekend or the midweek series before we get to the weekend series. Those final few games before we get to the All-Star break three days from today at the conclusion of all the action we have around the bigs on Sunday it is the all-star break, the unofficial halfway point of the Major League Baseball season because we have already played 81 games for every team all around the major leagues. We start not far away from us, just up in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. Between the New York Yankees and their divisional foes, the Baltimore Orioles. The Yanks won the first two games of this series. They had won seven of their last ten at this point. And the O's, who really consistently for most of this Major League Baseball season had been the second-best team in the American American League had dropped six of their last seven but Baltimore reversing that fortune for the final two games of the set earning a split and last night doing it with a ton of offense up in the Bronx 14 to 1 the victory for the Orioles yesterday over the pinstripes in Yankee Stadium Baltimore scoring 13 runs in the first four innings of this game they got to the Yankees starter Luis Severino early and often bouncing him after just two plus innings of work he allowed seven earned yesterday Baltimore was booked as the favorite even as the road team in New York and they cashed that minus 130 money line number so the Yankees have lost or lost their last two games but still have won seven of their last 12 Baltimore just its third win in its last nine games but here's where New York stands as we approach the all-star break the Yankees have one final set this weekend of course two of the historic franchise in MLB as the Yankees will host the Cubs at the peak of this year for the pinstripes it was the end of May they had a 34 and 23 record 11 games above 500 their winningest margin of the year so far now they sit eight games above 500 48 and 40. However, they have struggled offensively without Aaron Judge, but they have seen a spark in the last week and a half. We'll get the full assessment of how New York baseball fans should feel about their pinstripes entering the All-Star break with New York's own Mark Zeno coming up in our next segment together. Elsewhere around the American League East, 
More trouble for the Tampa Bay Rays at the Trop. Their fifth consecutive loss yesterday, dropping a game in extras to the Philadelphia Phillies, who are certainly surging in the National League. Philadelphia, by the way, has won 22 of their last 29 games since June 2nd, a 22-7 and record in that span. The Rays swept at home at the Trop. The Rays swept for the first time overall the entirety of this season a three to one winner for the fills in extras in 11 innings hey welcome to our sports grid radio audience here our number one of a friday on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well i am ben stevens so five consecutive losses for the tampa bay rays when you look at their home record which has really been the calling card for tampa at the drop this year now 34 and 13 Still the best mark in all of Major League Baseball at home where they will get ready to host the best team in the bigs, the Atlanta Braves, to end out the first half of this season before the All-Star break. A marquee matchup this weekend in this series between the Rays and the Braves that we will detail and preview for you in many ways over these next two hours together on the morning after. The Rays, despite the struggles, despite dropping five straight, still the favorites to win the American League pennant at this moment less than a two dollar favorite plus 190 about two and a half bucks in front of the reigning world series champions the houston astros who are 10 cents in front of their in-state rivals and divisional foes the texas rangers at plus 450 the yankees the fourth best price at eight to one the twins hold a lead in the american league central just a few games above 500 they have that fifth best price at 12 to one nathan avaldi the start yesterday for the texas rangers back in a familiar setting for him in boston against the red sox in fenway avaldi played with the Sox from 2018 to 2022 and entered the start yesterday with a 10 and 3 record and a 264 era this season they were booked as the favorites on the road a minus 138 price but it's the Red Sox who get the better of Evaldi. 10 to 6 yesterday, the victory for Boston. Evaldi giving up four earned in just five and a third yesterday, walking more than he struck out. He uttered four walks while only Kang three. Elsewhere around the bigs, quickly we check in on Houston, Texas, where the Seattle Mariners have figured something out. A 5-1 to one victory over the Strohs in a divisional duel yesterday. Seattle now has won five of their last six games. The Mariners, a wild card team a season ago, back to an even 500 mark, 43-43 and 43 at this point. Around Major League Baseball with Mark Zinno up next on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. here on this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all around the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens, a face you see all around the SpizGrizz network as well. That is Mark Dino, live from Long Island in New York today to help us break down everything all around the bigs over these next two consecutive segments together. Do not worry, Mark Zeno. You will get your time to have your peace about the New York Yankees. A big day for the Yanks, by the way, as Carlos Rodon makes his debut in pinstripes against the Chicago Cubs up in the Bronx. But Zeno, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday. 
Well, Ben, I finally got some real pizza and real bagels in my system. I feel refreshed. I feel re-energized. And, uh, well, at least I'm fat and happy, unlike the Yankees pitching. Well, it was not good for Luis Severino yesterday, but maybe he had an everything bagel this morning, too, and his spirits are looking up as well. Where things have not been great, Mark Zeno, Tampa, Florida. At the Trump, the Rays have now lost five consecutive games, and they lost all three in their series against the Philadelphia Phillies. A sweep for Tampa Bay for the first time in this season. As the Phils go to Tampa yesterday in extra innings, and beat the Rays once again. The Phillies are really good. We'll talk about that in just a moment. A 3-1 victory for Philadelphia in 11 innings. So now dropping five consecutive games, Mark Zeno, is there real concern for the Tampa Bay Rays entering the All-Star break? I mean, concern in what manner? Like, they're still going to make the playoffs. They're still going to be a team that people are going to have to contend with all season long. They've built up too much of a lead for them not to be able to. I think this is just baseball right now. Eventually, look, even the 98 Yankees lost three in a row, I think three times that year, and some of it was later in the year in August and September. So no team is going to not have a stretch in baseball where they don't lose three or four in a row. It's just part of playing the game 162 times. I have very few concerns about the Rays as far as the overall big picture. Obviously, they have the pitching to get there. They have a lineup that does not quit. They keep coming for nine innings and uh, I don't know that any team in the East is going to catch them. Even It would take multiple bad stretches for the Rays yeah. in order to be caught in the AL East. So uh, I'm not too worried right now. I think that's more a reflection of how much the Phillies are surging necessarily than the Rays starting to play poorly. Since June 2nd, Philadelphia has won 22 of 29 games. One of the hottest teams in the bigs, probably only behind their divisional rival in the Atlanta Braves. But the Phils certainly looking like the team that made that run last year in October to win a National League pennant. So Tampa still booked as the favorites right now, Zeno, to win the American League at this moment. It's a plus 190 price for the Rays. Two and a half dollars clear, in fact, of the Houston Astros, who sit 10 cents in front of their divisional foe, the Texas. Texas Rangers, both of the teams from Texas, losing yesterday. The Rangers on the road in Boston, Houston at home against Seattle. And there are the Yankees, the fourth best number at 8-1. to one. Zeno, as we get ready for the All-Star break, it begins on Monday. Where is the best spot to buy in right now in the AL pennant odds? I mean, can I just say, the short answer to that for me is the Orioles. But can I just say how overpriced the Houston Astros are at this point in time? Like, they are starting to become the Mets and Padres for the first two months of the year where they were continually overpriced and continually way too heavy of favorites to do anything when they haven't proven it to this point. So now Altuve, Jose Altuve, is back on the IL. That is a bad number for the Houston Astros. I wouldn't even touch it. But back to the Orioles. Uh, and this is no reflection of the two touchdowns they scored last night against the Yankees. But I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Like, this is a lineup from top to bottom that is very good they hit left-handed pitching well. I mean, this is a team right now that nobody is giving any real credit to. Yeah, their starting pitching isn't always what you'd like. Uh, some of the numbers look bad for some of the guys. Even Kyle Bradish, who went yesterday, has been a mixed bag of results. You know, Tyler Wells is the Major League Baseball whip leader uh, at .88 coming into his next start. So they have some things in the staff. Their bullpen has been very good as well. They have all the key components. It's just a bunch of guys that you don't know. Right? If you're not following the Orioles, Ben, you have no idea who, who Anthony Santander is. You're not sure who Gunnar Henderson is. You know Adley Rushman, but the, the rest of these guys, and they, they've been doing a lot of this without one of their best players in Cedric Mullins, who just got back into the lineup. 
a couple of games ago. So, I mean, this is a team right now that nobody knows a lot. I think there's a ton of value on them. And the fact that they've seen the Rays as much as they have means that they're familiar with beating them and knowing how to beat them. So, I like the Orioles still here as a long shot to win the, uh, the AL pennant. 20 hits yesterday for Baltimore. 14 runs scored, 13 of them in the opening four innings against the New York Yankees. The Orioles are here to stay. Try as you might to doubt them. Names like Austin Hayes, who has been one of the best hitters in the American League this year. Ryan O'Hearn providing a huge spark for Baltimore. I know Ryan O'Hearn from his days in the Royals organization playing for the Omaha Storm Chasers. We used to have beers in downtown Omaha together. Don't tell anybody that story. All right, Mark Zeno, as we continue to go through Major League Baseball on this Friday not a great start yesterday out of Nathan Avaldi, and the Rangers now have lost nine of their last 13. How do you evaluate this Rangers team that got off to such a hot start and is trying to keep pace atop the American League West? Well, the biggest problem for the Rangers here, if you look and you've been watching the progression of bullpen stats throughout the year, guess who has descended into the bottom five in Major League Baseball of bullpen teams? Yeah, you guessed it. The Texas Rangers. Uh, they got a 4.60 ERA. Uh, they're giving up a ton of runs right now, uh, and their their bullpen is blowing a lot of leads that they shouldn't have. Look, Texas starting pitching is not meant to dominate, right? These are the early 2000s teams of the Yankees that never really won anything. 2003, 2005, you know, teams that score a ton of runs every game and never really had the starting pitching. I've been saying it for weeks, and I've said it on your show before, Ben, that the bugaboo for the Texas Rangers is. Their starting pitching is going to get them in the playoffs. You can mash your way through 162 games. They scored another six runs last night. That should be enough for most teams to win a baseball game. You score six runs, you got to win more of those than you lose. And to this point early on in the year, the Texas Rangers have done that. But their bullpen is falling apart. And their starting pitching is not good enough to be able to, to shut teams down through the first five or six innings. So from yeah. that standpoint, that's their problem. They're going to keep scoring runs because the lineup is really good from top to bottom. But it's just a question of how much their bullpen can hold up. And this is a team right now, as we get close to the trade deadline, we're in the month of July here, that is going to have to make some sort of acquisition, either for the starting staff or somebody to bolster the bullpen if they really want to make a push towards a serious deep run in the postseason. Nathan Avaldi right now, still the fourth best number to win the American League Cy Young Award at plus 850. But Zeno, it feels like anybody's ball game, literally, to win the AL Cy Young Award this year. Who's your pick at this moment as the All-Star break looms? I mean, look, I, I, without being homerish, Garrett Cole at least has all the, the, the stats that you want to and all the metrics that you want to, and, and his record probably at the end of the season will back it up. Not that wins necessarily matter per se, but that's really where I'd go uh, at this point in time. It, it's tough to find Garrett Cole as the third favorite typically uh, for the Cy Young. If you would have looked at those prices back in April into May, Cole was probably one of the favorite, if not the second favorite. So you're getting good value there. I just don't know that when it's all said and done that you're going to see a guy like Evalde or even Kevin Gosman, uh, whose numbers are a little bit gaudy as well, have the team metrics to sort of back up the, the value quotient, right? Like how valuable were they to their team if they don't make the playoffs or if they miss the playoffs kind of deal. I mean, Shohei at, at plus 1,100 seems really, really juicy, but we know how much – baseball voters and voters in general like well we're going to give him the mvp so we can't give him the right. cy young you know we have to give it to somebody else kind of deal so that sort of takes him out of it but cole still seems like the odds on favorite to me 
If there is injury concern for Shohei Otani, removed from his start earlier this week with a blister on his right throwing hand, it would be for his availability on the bump, not so much at the dish. Framer Valdez right now of the Houston Astros is the favorite. Houston losing last night at home to Seattle. The M's have won five of six, but Houston's in still has won seven of their last nine. Their four-game win streak entering last night against Seattle was snapped at home. Again, a 5-1 victory for the Mariners. Plenty more around Major League Baseball. Up next on this Friday, on the morning after, you're not going to want to miss Mark Zeno getting mad at the New York Yankees. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. the sports calendar on this Friday live on the morning after on SportsGrid. When the focus is primarily baseball, you can only hope for a slate as good in Major League Baseball as this one. On a Friday, just three days out from the 2023 Major League Baseball All-Star break. That is what we have in these final weekend series before we get to the break in the Midsummer Classic on Tuesday night in Seattle. Mark Zeno is back with us for a second consecutive segment live right here on this Friday on TMA. And I am Ben Stevens. So, Zeno, let's start with the marquee matchup of them all this weekend in Tampa Bay at the Trop. It's the Rays in the Braves, the two best records in all of Major League Baseball. Atlanta has overtaken Tampa Bay with that best mark. Now 30 games above 558 in 28. The Rays on a five-game skid as they get ready to host Atlanta. They are now 57 and 33. But tonight, a great pitching matchup, at least on paper. Tyler Glass now gets the start for Tampa Bay. The Rays booked as the slight money line home favorites, minus 116. It's Uncle Chuck. Well, that's Adam Wainwright, but it is Chuck. Charlie Morton on the other side for Atlanta, minus 102 with a total of eight and a half. Zeno, just how significant is this weekend series between the two best records in all of MLB? Well, I think it's probably more significant for Tampa Bay than it is for Atlanta. I mean, they have a World Series in their back pocket. They've proven that they've been the best team in baseball this year. They've proven that they're a team that is going to be there come October for the last five seasons. And I think they have very little worry about with the lineup that they have put out there. And Ronald Acuna is doing sort of historical things at this point in time that we haven't seen in the likes of the last 100 years in the sport. So the Braves have all the moxie and all the talent that they need right now. The Rays probably still have a little bit more to prove and proving that their 14-0 start or whatever it was wasn't just an aberration, that they can hang with good teams and play good teams and be able to beat them. I look at this game tonight, Ben, and the first thing that jumped out to me was the over. Like, these are two lineups that come at you for nine straight innings. There's not many holes in the lineup from top to bottom. Furthermore, Charlie Morton, the last four times he has gone out and given up one run or no runs, the following start, he's given up at least four earned runs. So this is a guy who's as inconsistent as they come when it when you talk about you know uh, his ability to go start in and start out. He's feast or famine. I covered him for the last couple of years in Atlanta, and he can be very good in certain starts, but he also can be very bad. Neither is Tyler Glass now all that impressive, but there's not many pitchers you can throw up against the Braves lineup and, and get them to get many zeros for five or six or seven consecutive innings here. 
I was expecting this number to be at nine or nine and a half. I jump on the same well. It's at eight and a half. I think both these teams easily can score nine runs. I know the Braves bullpen is very good, um, and they did have an off day yesterday. Tampa Bay didn't have an off day, but still their bullpen isn't overtaxed. These are two tough teams right. to score against for nine innings, but I trust these lineups more than anything. Tyler Glass now this year, 2-2 two and two with a 4-5-0 ERA and his seven starts that he has made since returning from injuries. You know, it's been interesting the last two and a half weeks or so to evaluate these two best teams in Major League Baseball, at least from a record component. Atlanta was just 15 games above 500 on June the 14th. Since that moment, Atlanta has won 18 of their last 20, the hottest team in all of the bigs. Meanwhile, on June 17th, it was the peak of Tampa Bay's season, nearly 30 games above 500 51 and 22 since that moment Tampa has lost 11 of their last 17 so Zeno for the last two weeks we've been asking who's the best team in Major League Baseball between these two teams that have the two best records now I think the question is not who's the best team that's the Braves but is Tampa Bay Zeno even the second best team in all of MLB the short answer is yes, but I think you can start to poke some holes in the veneer of the Tampa Bay Rays and look at some things that, you know, that great start that they had in April sort of masked a little bit of, you know, you, you have to sort of take the, 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 the three-month sample size and start to look at what Tampa is or at least the last, you know, month and a half and go, okay, this is probably more of who they are for the next 100 games of the season as opposed to what we saw from the first 60 games of the year. I mean, that really is kind of what – we always say about baseball that it makes you what you are of 162 games. And so I think you're starting to see the Rays normalize a little bit. The Braves have always had this potential uh, to be this good. And we, and we know that for them, it's they, they've become that team. Well, it's just about October. Can they figure out a way to win 11, yeah. 12 games in October to win a World Series? And that's it. That's really all it boils down to for them. 162 doesn't matter because they're going to be there. It's really interesting, Zeno. You bring up a great point about Tampa Bay because of that historic start, 13-0 to begin this season, one of the three best starts ever in the history of Major League Baseball. Tampa seems as though they are going to be a playoff team. They've probably built up a big enough margin to even be a divisional winner in the American League East. It's the concern overall about Tampa taking advantage of the opportunity in October. And if you are a detractor, you look at the recent form, you look at the pitching struggles and the injuries for Tampa Bay. Shane McClanahan on the IL. Jeffrey Springs, who had a great start to this season, also on the IL. He might be done for the entirety of this season. All right, Mark Zeno, the long-awaited debut of Carlos Rodon in pinstripes tonight up in the Bronx for the Yankees as the pinstripes host the Chicago Cubs, two of the most illustrious and historic franchises in all of the sport face off tonight inside Yankee Stadium. Rodon and the Yanks, a minus-174 favorite against a former Yankee, Jamison Tyone and Chicago. The total booked at eight. Rodon got a big payday this offseason, Zeno, to make his way from San Francisco to New York. His first start in pinstripes. What do you expect? Well, as long as it's better than Luis Severino's last night, I think that's a good measure to start with. I Save mean, that for the next question. Without giving up 18 runs, uh, then I think you're okay. But look, Rodon is, is another great arm in the Yankees rotation. But in reality, Ben, the pitching has not been the issue for the Yankees this whole year. As we know, it's been about the lineup. Now, over the last two-plus weeks, the Yankees have sort of found their way through the Aaron yeah. Judge-less struggles that they have gone through since the beginning of June. And they seem to be a team that's starting to figure it out, uh, particularly with Harrison Bader, who's sort of, you know, put the team on his back offensively and been able to carry them. 
Rodon, I just want to see him stay healthy. Give me six innings. I don't care if you give up two or three runs. I, I actually have a, a decent amount of confidence the Yankees can score. Uh, I don't won't play the revenge spot for Jamison Tyone. Guess what? Doesn't matter what uniform he's in, he still stinks. So he's going to give up some runs. And the bottom line here is that the Yankees can actually score off him. If Rodon is just average tonight and stays healthy and is able to show some command, he's going to be a, a big piece for them going forward. But you know he's going to be on a pitch count. You know he's going to be very limited. If he gets past five, it's because he's utterly dominating people. But I don't think you'll see him go much past five tonight. If he gives up less than two runs, get out of there with a the win. Trust your bullpen, uh, even though they were worked last night because, you know, what happened. Uh, trust your bullpen right. to be able to get you a W. So, Zeno, the Yankees won the first two games of that four-game set against Baltimore. They dropped their final two, but they still have won seven of their last 12. And you're right, the offenses look better, even in the absence of Aaron Judge. The Yanks enter the All-Star break, or at least this final weekend series before it, with a 48-40 and record. Mark Zeno, what is your overall assessment of the first half of this Major League Baseball season for the Yankees? That when you don't have Aaron Judge in the lineup, you are a very pedestrian average team I mean look if there was ever a case to, to, to say that Aaron Judge is one of the most valuable people in baseball like I get what Shohei Otani is doing I get what Ronald Acuna is doing but in reality if you take those dudes out of those lineups I think the team is generally the same we've seen that the Yankees without Aaron Judge are a completely different team now again with this past offseason hit the rewind button I kept telling all my Yankee fan friends like you can't not sign Judge because he just hit 62 home runs so you have to do it the problem is, is that he's never going to stay healthy again. That's really what it boils down to. If there's another season where Aaron Judge plays 160 games, guess what? He's going to hit 55 home runs again because he's that good. He's that. He's really that good on a day-in, day-out basis. He's just a guy who's going to be a chandelier for the next nine years of this contract, and you got to hope to squeeze 130 games out of him. If you can, the Yankees are going to be really competitive with him in the lineup. If you can't, guess what? It's duct tape, it's crazy glue, it's band-aids to try to peach, you know, patch this thing together for the course of a regular season and hope he's healthy enough for the playoffs. And we'll see what the injury timeline or if there is an update from Aaron Boone, Aaron Judge, or anybody in New York around that right toe of Aaron Judge following the All-Star break. All right. Alec Manoa has not had a great year. Speaking of the All-Star break, last year, it was Manoa as an American League All-Star. He pitched early on in the All-Star game in Los Angeles inside Dodger Stadium. This year, oh boy, a different story. Before he was sent down to the minors, Alec Manoa is 1-7 this year with a 6-3-6 ERA. And then Mark Zeno, he blew up social media because he got rocked to the tune of 10 earned runs given up in rookie ball in his start to try to get back to the bigs. Here he is, now making his return to Major League Baseball with Tampa Bay today on the road against the Tigers. Mark Zeno, is it a good idea from Toronto to bring Manoa back at all? Is it a good idea from the odds makers to book the Blue Jays as a favorite without Manoa on the bump? Yeah, well, the, 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 the Blue Jays picked the right opponent in the Detroit Tigers to go against. Look, this is about, more than anything, what is going on between Alex Manoa's ears? You know, La Cabeza, the mental part of this whole thing, can he get back and handle this? I don't even think they're worried about his command, per se, or what he looks like. Obviously, those things are important, but 
How is he mentally feeling? When you send a guy from the bigs back down to A ball, it's because what's going on in his ears? He needs confidence. He needs to be able to get guys out. He needs to be able to, to go back to the beginning and start over and feel the confidence building as he gets more and more outs at different levels. I think that's why he went back to rookie ball here. But this is just simply about yeah. a free start for the All-Star game to gauge whether they need to make a move at the deadline to see if he can be any sort of plus for the team going forward. So, um, you know, Alex Minow's biggest problem is, is the weight that he put on. Clearly, it's, it's changed everything about him. And until he starts to fix that, I don't know how much he's going to get better. The Blue Jays, as a club, though, have won three straight games entering this series against Detroit. They are 48-40, and 40, the same record as the New York Yankees. Mark Zeno, enjoy the rest of your time in the wonderful Empire State. We appreciate your time on the morning after. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a Friday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. And now for the next 14 minutes or so, you can consider it a football Friday. Live right here on TMA. I am Ben Stevens. If it is a football Friday on the morning after, that means a few things. But first and foremost, Mike Blewett joins us live right here on TMA on this football Friday on SportsGrid. Blewett, as of yesterday... Nine weeks from the start of a new National Football League season, a Thursday night in Kansas City, the defending champion, the Chiefs, host the Detroit Lions. The countdown grows shorter and shorter and shorter until the start of football in 2023. We appreciate your time. Now on a football Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Amazingly close. Teams reporting in just 11 days from now, so... We are really getting in the midst of football season. I know you're doing your college football countdowns, and I appreciate the pro football mm. countdown, obviously getting excited. This is really the month where we start to try to dive into as much as we can. Uh, OTAs are done, so all the yeah. uh, the filler stories are in the rearview mirror, and we can get down to brass tacks and figure out who's going to be good in 2023. And, and evaluate the futures of teams all around the National Football League. Blue, today we're going to go through the two South divisions, first in the AFC and then over to the NFC. Rather surprisingly, it was Jacksonville storming back, winning five consecutive games at the end of the 2022 NFL regular season to take the AFC South divisional crown. And then, of course, they followed that up by hosting a playoff game in the historic comeback down 27 zip in the first half against the Chargers to knock off LA. It was year number two for Trevor Lawrence after a disastrous rookie season, but that's what you get when you bring in Urban Meyer. But there was more steadiness to that ship led by Doug Peterson last year in Duval County. And now the expectation is a divisional favorite for Jacksonville and a win total of nine and a half where the over has the heavy juice at minus 150. Blew it as we get ready for this 2023 NFL season. What do you think the overall outlook is for the Jaguars this year? Well, it's very positive. This is a three and seven football team as we headed into Thanksgiving. And they won seven of their last nine, Ben, including, as you mentioned, one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history during a playoff game and a game in which in the divisional round, they're down three points in the fourth quarter to the eventual Super Bowl champion Chiefs. That was a tight game. The Chiefs didn't blow them out. 
did the Chiefs have the game in control most of the time? Maybe. Right. But it's still a three-point game with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So I think the positive, I think the outlook is very positive for a number of reasons. First, I would say that normally when a team goes on huge spending sprees in free agency, it generally provides a one-year bump and then there's room for regression. Notably, the Patriots in 2022 spent a bunch of money in yeah. 2021. They, it gave them a little bit of a bump and then they regressed. This would be the year where the Jaguars might fall back, but Evan Ingram is back for another year as in a, on a franchise tag. Brandon Scherf helping to fortify the offensive line and Christian, Christian Kirk, obviously a very productive first season in Jacksonville, uh, working on a, a good rapport with Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. here's what I'll say. I'm throwing that out the window. I do not think there's any regression here. This team was hot going into the playoffs. Doug Peterson is a very competent coach. They added 13 draftees, albeit half of them in round six and seven. But they continue to stack talent on this team. Travis Etienne came back and showed us what his talent level is. And ultimately, we're comparing them to the, the most important thing in the NFL that I think people tend to conflate with playoff chances is what does it look like in your division? It's the most important yeah. factor in the NFL. Can you beat the people in your division? And I think they're just head and shoulders above those other three teams right now. You have the Texans with a new coach and quarterback, the Colts with a new coach and quarterback, and the Titans are a team that is unique to bet on. But I do think that they have regressed in talent on their roster year over year, especially from where they were two years ago. And we'll look at those divisional odds right at this moment. Jacksonville booked as a minus 160 odds on favorite to win the AFC South. Let me say that again. The Jags are booked as a minus 160 odds on favorite to win the AFC South. It is the same number for Jacksonville to win the South as it is for Kansas City to win the West. And the Chiefs have won the AFC West divisional crown seven consecutive seasons. So, Blewett, do the odds make sense to you in the AFC South, given the rest of this division entering 2023? Yeah, honestly, you could probably run simulations. I know we'll talk about the other South division in a few moments, but you could probably run simulations here, and a very high percentage of the time, you'll come out with the Jaguars on top. I think they are amongst the easiest favorites to bet on in terms of divisional winners this season. I don't like the other three teams we can get in the team win totals, but I just don't like the other three teams to really make a serious run at the Jaguars this season. The Colts probably have the best, the the most talent on the roster of the other three teams. Yeah. But like I said, new coach, new quarterback. We don't really know what this will look like yet. It will be very interesting to see what the rest of the AFC South looks like trevor lawrence by no means is a veteran he enters year number three as Blewett highlighted a lot of offensive pieces at his disposal and the addition of calvin ridley who of course a ton of focus has been placed on the year-long suspension for betting on nfl games but calvin ridley's last full healthy year for atlanta now two years ago nearly 1400 receiving yards and nine touchdowns what stride does trevor lawrence take into year number three under the tutelage of Doug Peterson but blew it across this division young quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill is a veteran in Tennessee 
if he remains the starter, Will Levis was drafted early in the second round of the 2023 NFL draft. And then we have two quarterbacks that were two of the first three quarterbacks taken. C.J. Stroud, second overall to Houston. He's expected to be the guy. Anthony Richardson, fourth overall. He's expected to be the guy. And two rookie head coaches, D'Amico Ryans for the Texans and Shane Steichen, of course, for the Colts. So, Blewett, what do you think the ceiling is for those teams trying to keep pace with Jacksonville in this division? The Titans are have historically, and I'm talking the last five years, been an extremely difficult team to bet on. They played in 11 one-score games last year. This was a 7-3 and three football team. 7-3. and three. They lost their last seven games to finish 7-10, and 10, and they were in 11 one-score games. So when you look at their win total and people are betting, the market is betting to the under, I'd just be very careful of that because they are... They are getting further back into their strength. They drafted offensive linemen, signed offensive linemen. I think they're yeah. going to run Derrick Henry until the wheels fall off, which we've seen the wheels at least fall off temporarily in the last couple of seasons. And I just think they'll play a lot of tight games. I'd be careful about betting that under. I'm not confident either way on it. I do think that they have a good coaching staff. Obviously, Vrabel is willing to take chances, so I'd be careful of your chances that you take on betting the Titans under. I think the Texans are still in the middle of a rebuild. I don't think that's a seven-win football team, so I'm under there, as is the market. And the Colts, I think, are have probably the most variance of all of these yeah. teams. It could work out, and they could play to their roster's talent, or they struggle under a rookie head coach. I really think that's tough, but would I bet the Colts over? Yeah, I would. I, I think six I think six wins is too low for a team with that level of talent. Indianapolis has so much talent. It will just be a question of the rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson under the rookie head coach in Shane Steichen. All right, from the AFC South division, Mike Blewett, to the NFC South, a division where last year all four teams were under 500, including the eventual champion Buccaneers, but Tampa this year does not have Tom Brady. In fact, the Bucs have the longest of the four prices in this division. It's a 7-1 to one number at this point. The New Orleans Saints booked as the favorites at plus 135 with Derek Carr, the new quarterback, in the Big Easy. Blue, when you look at these odds in the NFC South, what do they say to you about this division in 2023? I think the odds are actually a little more spread apart than I perceive it in that I think there's a ton of variance in this division. I think mm. you could make a case for either of the top three teams. I think Tampa's clearly going in the wrong direction. And like I've said before in this show, Ben, don't be afraid of the bottom of the market on win totals. When you see a team that is jettisoning talent, which is clearly headed towards the valley before they tried to rebuild that's the tampa bay bucks i think they're on their way down and even though they have a few top end talented players we don't know what it's going to look like at quarterback at all and you have a head coach that is not offensively minded in any way so i think tampa's a real struggle there but the top of the division saints falcons panthers i don't love the falcons roster but we're talking a win or two either way just like we were last year of the four yeah. teams ben who would you guess finished the season the strongest they won four of, of four six teams, teams. which team the carolina panthers that's right that's right the panthers which is a team that people were casting aside they fired their head coach in the middle of the year early on in the year yeah. and people were casting them aside and they really made a legitimate run at the playoffs and at the division 
And now they have Bryce Young and Frank Reich ready to work together. I think that's going to be a great matchup. I don't know what the top end for the outcome is there long term, but I really do like them to make a shot, make a run at the division this year. Uh, Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, obviously a new pairing there in New Orleans. And that is a roster that still has Alvin Kamara. Yes, the court case is hanging over his head, but it doesn't seem likely that he'll be suspended this upcoming season. That will probably play out postseason, and they'll have another talented player. I know there's been talk of Alvin Kamara getting moved. I'm not entertaining that now until those rumors become serious. But I really do think of all the divisions in football, I think if you ran the simulation enough times, you'd probably come out with first place teams that are that are spread out in this division as much as any other. AFC North, uh, uh, NFC North are, are other ones as well, but I, I do think the Panthers have a shot here. The Panthers were not slated to pick first overall. In fact, they were ninth, but of course they traded up with Chicago for that first overall selection, taking Bryce Young. But there should be optimism for the team that drafted first overall because they have Frank Reich, a successful head coach, with a running record during his four and a half years in Indianapolis. And they've added around Bryce Young, Adam Thielen, now in Charlotte. Miles Sanders plays for the Panthers as well. And the defense was always pretty darn good blew it last year tampa bay won the division with an eight and nine record the three other teams new orleans atlanta and carolina all finished in either a tie for second or a tie for dead last depending on how you categorize it at seven in mm. ten let's focus on the saints here blew it to end out this segment Derek carr is now the starting quarterback in new orleans some feel one way about carr others feel the other what should be the expectation for the saints this year in the inaugural year with Derek carr at the helm Derek carr's numbers the last few years are not that impressive ben last year's 60 percent completion percentage 24 to 14 touchdown to interception ratio 23 to 14 the year before that I just feel like the Saints at this point are one of those teams where I really question what direction they're going in. They're trying to play early 1990s football with Dennis Allen as the head coach, which leads to a lot of tight games. That is not the way to win in the NFL consistently anymore. There are too many talented offenses that steal wins from you late. So uh, I'm under on the Saints this year. That's a football Friday right there. Mike Blewett, thank you so much. We round out the opening hour next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Routing out this opening hour of a Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is SportsGrid. And it now includes the new SportsGrid app. The ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan the QR code on your screen in a matter of moments. You have all of our information, all of our data, all of our insight in the palm 
of your hand to get you ready for whatever you need. A tremendous Friday slate in Major League Baseball that will continue to break down in hour number two. And I mean in a big way in that second hour or maybe to get you set for a new season in the National Football League. We did that on this football Friday with Mike Blewett looking at the AFC and NFC South divisions. We finish by looking at the NFC South and hearing from you. We do that in Fade the Public. At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, who is your pick to win the NFC South this upcoming NFL season in 2023? We showed you the odds. The Saints are booked as the favorites, followed by the Falcons, less than a dollar distinction between the top two prices. Then the Carolina Panthers, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the four odds in that order, and that's really how the public sees it as well. Most of the public backing New Orleans in 2023 to win the NFC South, 44% of this fade the public poll. The Falcons, the second most selected, the Panthers third, the Buccaneers fourth. So the odds makers and the public seeing it in a very similar fashion. You heard Mike Blewett there at the end of that segment detailing his expectation for the New Orleans Saints. I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than the odds are on the Saints and maybe even Blue. I think New Orleans is going to be good. I consider Derek Carr a top 15 quarterback in the National Football League with tons of offensive pieces at his disposal. Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Chris Olave, Jawan Johnson, and maybe even a healthy Michael Thomas. Give me the Saints, plus 135 to win the NFC South. Hour two, next. Next. 